all bad things. Tragedy. Tragedies, disasters. That's bad things. Trigger warning for everything possible. What? Hi! <laughs> I'm Rachel. I'm David. And this is All Bad Things. Except I'm starting to think that, like, we're a ray of motherfucking sunshine. <laughs> right. Ah! We are recording this on January 8th for context. Yes. <laughs> because this isn't coming out until, like, the 18th, so... Yeah, that's right. This isn't coming out for a little bit. Yeah, because yeah. we did Ibrox. Mm-hmm. We recorded it last weekend, and uh, nothing's happened since. <laughs> nope, I can't. I can't think of anything. Can you? <laughs> no. Any news stories that happened in the past uh, two days ago? Oh, just the attempted overthrow of our government. The coup. That's all. Just yeah, yeah nothing to see here. By of course. Uh, Antifa, as we know. It was Antifa and BLM. <laughs> they dressed up as MAGA chuds. Um, got t-shirts made for the whole thing. You know, Civil War. I think it was Civil War Two, January 6, 2021. I believe were the shirts that I, I saw in many pictures nice. and video. And uh, people who have read my social media posts yeah. over the past couple of days know exactly how I feel about it and how and who who and how they should be held accountable. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, Guantanamo Bay I heard, is really nice this time of year. <laughs> that, this it is, is this Cuba, is, actually, this so, is, yeah. This is terrorist season. Mm. You know, it should be, should be good. And, yes, that is where I want to see those people go. I am not kidding about that. I'm fine with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you disagree with our politics, fuck off. <laughs> Yeah, after that one. That's fine. I know you're going to find an excuse for the other day. Leave your pathetic one-star review and move the fuck along. Bye-bye. You just... And good fucking riddance. The the right wing, and I don't mind conservative people. I don't mind you having thoughts about conservative. That's that's fine. However, However... However... If you have gone that far to the right to thinking that I'm going to storm the Capitol, which, by the way, was the point. Yeah. There was no, were they protesting about uh, cops not beating up people or killing people? No. Were they protesting about um, they want a $15 minimum wage? Right. Nope. Getting into the Capitol and trying to subvert democracy Uh was the goal. The whole point. That was the whole point. And when I say if you disagree with our politics, what I mean is if you are so fucking deluded that you think anything about what those people did was okay. Was justified even in the smallest way. That's what I mean. Way. That's what I mean. Oh my god. I mean, I, I I couldn't believe what I was seeing, but at the same time I could. Oh, it was enough. Because... It was clear. Oh, what do you think's going to happen a couple weeks it. from now? Yes, and that's why, that's why you have to be harsh on these people. That's the Precedent. fairest thing to do. And every... It's like we said with the kids, they come in the house, they learn to take off their, their shoes. shoes. Yep. And if they don't do it, you you you, you make it clear the first s- time, and then you don't have to worry exactly. about it the rest of it. The rest of the that's times, yeah. that's what yes. Yeah. We need the greatest amount of accountability we have ever seen from this nation. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Sadly, we probably won't get it. Mm-hmm. But if it doesn't happen, then geez, this is just going to happen again, isn't open it? Open season. Mm-hmm. As in open season on any sort of on democracy government yeah <laughs> you know on, yeah. on all of our institutions <clears throat> by the 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 story that's never going to get disu- discussed mm-hmm. is that this was a failure of our institutions yeah fuck yeah top to bottom mm-hmm. left to right mm-hmm. very true this does not happen unless all of yeah. our collective institutions have failed well, yeah we are a failed we're a failed state the americans great american experiment it's a failure it's a fucking failure yeah it is it is rebuilt it is now needs to be dismantled and rebuilt it was started wrong from the first place when we started stealing people's lands land and killing them <laughs> that's not a well, great start the, but to that a was, nation but back then that was just a thing that oh, was just, oh that's just okay. what you did that's just what you do that's yeah. fine then human rights what are those oh pshaw <laughs> uh follow us insta twitter facebook if you dare at all bad things pod emails all bad things pod at gmail.com join our facebook discussion group and our discord which 
yours truly figured out how to infiltrate. <laughs> I still, yeah, I still don't know what it is. Like I did. I tried to explain. So here's my explanation: that it's basically a chat room. Okay. But you can oh come yeah, that's right. That's you right. Like. It's like a big group text chain. Well, that's kind of fun. It is fun. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Maybe I'll pop in there someday if I can figure out how to. I can't do it on my phone because the stupid CAPTCHA will never let me get in. Okay. I have to do it on the computer. I don't know what is wrong, but I'm See, like now, now you don't now you don't know why I don't invest in Apple phones. It's not Apple. That's it's the problem. their fault. Yes, it is. Oh jeez. What? No, I seriously, uh, I I I know this is like just a stupid hackneyed like stand up comedy bit at this point, but those captcha pictures, I had to select a red fire hydrant when it was asking me to find parking meters recently before it would let me through. I'm mm-hmm. like, that's a fire hydrant. That is not a parking <laughs> meter, but okay. Whatever you say. Jeez. Anyway, the no. app told me to do it. Mm-hmm. Maybe that'll be their excuse. <laughs> I just listened to the the Office Ladies podcast where they broke down um, Dunder Mifflin Infinity, which is when Michael drove the car into the lake. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes, I, I do remember that one. I I think my favorite one is when he when he burns his foot on the <laughs> the George Foreman the George grill. Foreman grill. That's probably the funniest. I episode. like bacon in the morning. <laughs> I can't afford a butler. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Like 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 it's it's so nice to talk to somebody else with a disability. Like, like, <laughs> <laughs> and he he bubbled he bubble wrapped his foot. Yeah. What does this look like to you, Stanley? <laughs> Mailboxes, etc. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even think those are still around. Probably not. Ever, when was the last I time you saw mailboxes, etc.? Can't even remember the last time it was even brought up. So it's prob- <laughs> probably is no longer existing. Hopefully, like our president. <laughs> meaning yeah, meaning that's fine meaning his office he i mean he or well maybe i shouldn't say that the nsa actual, is still listening remember. well they're listening on my phone okay, i know that's why i had to clarify but for actual recorded purposes maybe i should back off on that also those people in the coup were no fucking anarchists get your fucking term straight yeah. press cnn was calling them anarchists excuse no. me they're fascists yeah it's literally the opposite of anarchists it is Get your political terms straight. Anarchists are lovely people. Fascists are... Well, I don't... Yeah. Fuck what. That's for sure. We've been there before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, tax season is upon us. Mm-hmm. And we're really only recording tonight because you were supposed to be working. I was. But we're having a wintry mix here yeah. in North Carolina. North Carolina is not... At least our area is not very good with any sort of winter weather. Well, it's not as bad as it used to be, but it's not You're as right. good as it could be. You're right way. about all that. And they did. Usually, what they do is they brine. They usually will. The, the road, I saw none of that. And mm. basically, what's happening is it's been raining all well, we day, to, but it's really cold. We had to give $4 trillion what dollars to Wall Street <laughs> so that they could crash our economy well, again. Yeah. Um, so. Socialist. <laughs> So they usually brine the road. Yeah. Uh, so it's been raining all day. It's also very cold. It's been like 40 all day or maybe slightly below. And then it's just going to get colder and snow and then all of it's going to freeze. So the roads are going to be pretty awful. It's going to warm up tomorrow and be fine. I feel like I'm giving a weather report. But um, the reason I'm saying all that is that you would have been driving home from the night shift at like 5.30 when the roads were going to be yeah. the absolute And worst. hard to see. It's hard to see that yes. time in the morning. Plus the, the thoroughfare that I work off of mm-hmm. is there's no street lamps. It's dark mm-hmm. as fuck. Like it really right. is. Black ice would be a yeah. very real concern. Yeah. And last time you tried to drive into work in inclement, or it was into work, right? Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Yep. You were headed to work in inclement weather. Uh, you were the last car involved in like a ten car, thirteen car, pi- thirteen car pile up. Yeah. yeah, you're the last person hit by like the person who hit the person mm-hmm. with the person. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So I am happy that you called out tonight because yeah. I I would have been pretty concerned. We yeah. don't we don't want you to be involved in a bad thing, please. No. <laughs> plus, so, I, yeah. Plus the the thought of of wrecking my baby, my car. Because <laughs> it is the my baby. <laughs> Your pride and joy. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, so you had an unexpected night off mm-hmm. because you would have been working tonight otherwise. And I would have been back at the office working tonight too. Plus, I mean, I felt better about it that my supervisor's like, he's like, it's slow tonight anyway. He's like, it, 
That's good. Yeah. At least you didn't feel like you were letting anybody down yeah. or leaving your team to have to pick up the slack or yeah. anything. Yeah, that's good. I, that's I good. know what they're mostly doing right now, and it's mm. not much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> Unless an, unless a bad thing happened, I shouldn't uh, say that. Unless yeah. an accident happened, but I doubt it. Everybody's just sitting around on their computer Chilling. right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but I think it's good that we got this recording. And I think by the time this, yeah, by the time this comes out, your birthday will have just passed. Because your birthday's oh, okay. a week yeah, from tomorrow right. as we record. Mm-hmm. Which is the 16th, January 16th. Happy early birthday. Well, thank you. <laughs> I hope you like the present that's in the closet right now. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm sure I will. I should say presents. Oh. Mm. Hmm. <clears throat> um, but I didn't... Because we were going to have to bang out two episodes that we on your birthday weekend, and I want to give you the option of not recording on your birthday if you didn't want to. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we okay. didn't record on mine, so... Okay. Um, I hadn't even thought of it, so. <laughs> and this is the official start of Rachel Starts Pulling Out All the Listener Scripts. So enjoy, everybody. You are going to be uh, hearing your script in all likelihood uh, within the next few months. I am, now I should say, I have to pref, like, I complain a lot about tax season, but I'm, so grateful that I get to complain about tax season because it means that I am building a clientele and I can actually earn a living doing what I want to do. Mm -hmm. And that is amazing. Um, And this year I feel a little better prepared than previous years. I mean, it's not my first rodeo anymore. So, um, so I'm, I'm, I'm learning each tax season and I feel really good about that. Uh, it's going to be a little nightmarish because of the CARES Act, but aside from that, we'll get it figured out. Uh, and it doesn't help that business returns are typically, say, depending on the due a month before all individual I ha- returns. I have a feeling there's going to be some new tax legislation slipped in there, too, before mm. before the season's at an end. Well, you know what's really interesting is, you know, there's the two economic impact payments or stimulus payments. The first was, you know, last summer, right? No, I think it was in April. Was it yeah, spring? Okay. I think so. And then the second was just like people are just getting them mm-hmm. this month. Uh, those who are lucky enough to get them, right. like us, because a bunch of people's got all fucked up. But um, I thought that the second I mean, one they, wouldn't they, be reconciled on the 2020 return, but it actually is. These being. people aren't on Wall Street. What are they going to do with $4 trillion? <laughs> oh, oh, that's right. They'll buy things. Yeah, like a. I mean, that's the other thing. The uh, that's a bad thing we'll get to someday. But now you know like poor economic choices. Well, now you know like how badly that they will defend Reaganomics to the end, to the death. They will literally, literally <laughs> let people starve to yep. death to prove. Yep. yep. Or just to not give them the chance of let's see how a bottom-up economy ah! works. Oh goodness, David, no. Let's not give power to the people. I mean, those, all those all those lazy people that were literally forced out of work, what are they going to do with all that money? Oh, they're just going to spend it on drugs. Drugs. Yeah. Clearly. Which, and, and, and sex workers. Which, yeah. You're in, the, <laughs> you're in the middle of a pandemic. You literally have no job to go to. So. Oh, God. Is it... Is it this is super privileged of me to have realized that I didn't think about how horribly affected sex workers have been by this pandemic that's true they have been god talk about a it's a big business too well and you can't wear masks no (laughs) or stay six feet apart typically or yeah you could there's well it depends on what you're into i imagine you could do the six feet apart thing (laughs) depending (laughs) i don't know what you're talking about exactly but okay Anyway, probably time to turn a corner. It is and get probably to the topic. time to start with the topic. Yes. So, this is a topic that I have vaguely heard of, but I'm actually not sure where this is headed at all because I okay. don't know the outcome. And um, our lovely listener wrote it out as like kind of a dramatic narrative, so okay. I'm very I like excited. I like yeah. um, like. Every listener who submits a script does it a different way. They have their own style. Exactly. Some people write a straight up script. Mm -hmm. Some people are like, here's an outline. You know, you Mm -hmm. fill it in. Um, Some people do it like how we organize it. In fact, I had one listener be like, could you share like a Word doc of 
your script so I can like follow the mm-hmm. the pattern the of it. Yeah. yeah. And and that's all very cool. Um, our listener today took a different tactic and I like that because it just I just like first of all we massively appreciate yes, me especially uh, these listener submitted scripts. I think me um, especially because that means I have to do even less work. <laughs> <laughs> and also I really like that I get surprised you know because mm-hmm. you can hear that I don't know where this is going as I'm as I'm reading them um, but I also like everybody's personalities showing through mm-hmm. like uh, our listeners who are like I mean, Abby's script on the the Shiloh Baptist Church. I oh think that's yeah, what that was. I think you're right. I mean, her her sense her, of humor was, of was all it over was, it. It was yeah. Abby all over. Yes. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, we love you, Abby. <laughs> uh, and um, uh, our our academic mm-hmm. writers who have done these massive who, who, footnotes and yeah, inline did... citations. It's brilliant. We're not I good love... enough for those, by the way. So you we're, don't have to go that far. Not. <laughs> But I, I really, uh, I really love seeing the per- everybody's personality shine through, um, and especially you can tell everybody's picking topics that they're especially interested in, sure. which is perfect because yeah. that's what you want to do. It's so hard to write about something you're not interested in. So I'm really glad that that's that's where this has gone, and this is amazing. I, I just absolutely love it. So let me start by shouting out our listener who wrote this. So this is by our wonderful listener, Auden, okay. A-U-D-E-N, who goes by the pronouns she and her. Okay. So this is Auden's, uh, Auden's script, and this is the story of United Airlines Flight 232. Mm. Yeah, it's a disaster, I know, mm. I know. I know, we get very weirded out by these, but Everybody, Everybody fucking loves them. Yes. Who, uh, yeah, we'll we'll keep saying that because that keeps they happening. They are they are our most listened to episodes, I believe. They are most of the ones that involve a plane crash. I think so in general. Yeah. All right. So, all right, on we're about to read your your masterpiece. I'm going to try to do it justice too because it is a dramatic narrative. Bang! Okay. A ripping explosion cut through the plane. Mm. Martha Conant turned around. Sitting in the back, she was one of the closest to the rocking explosion. The plane fell ever so little, but just enough so that everyone could feel it. Conan's heart faltered. A bomb, she thought. Mm-hmm. It's not. Spoiler alert. Okay. I do know that. Because okay. I saw this and I was like, uh-oh, did Auden not know about our crime thing? She, she totally does. Okay. It, it's not going where you think it is. Anyway. A woman in front of her in the aisle had fallen to the ground. She got up slowly. I guess we better put on our seatbelts. Mm-hmm. Part one, pre-flight. I love this. This is like a, like a fucking uh, Grecian tragedy <laughs> structure. This is awesome. Flight attendant Susan White scanned the gate in Denver, Colorado, her eyes meeting the usual tired business people. Unlike a cannon flight, however, White noted the high amount of children on the flight. It was Children's Day. I didn't know there was such a thing, but okay. Uh, July 19th, 1989. Children okay. flew for a penny. Oh, now I know. Oh. <laughs> now I get what it yeah. means. If anyone doubts that I, like, oh, you must pre-read these, right, Rachel? <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. Children fly for a penny. I can't, they don't do that anymore. Anyway. I'd probably not. I don't right? know. Right? Like, know. no. Because... A lot of families can't fly anywhere together. They have to road trip it because it's just prohibitively expensive to pay for like four, five, six people's mm-hmm. airfare. Yeah, it's it, that would that would just be ridiculous. Um, and this is all making me think of the ground round where you pay, <laughs> where you paid <laughs> what your round. kids kids weighed. We always went on Tuesdays when you pay what your kids weighed. <laughs> so all like right. you pay sixty cents because your kids weighs kid weighs sixty pounds anyway. Probably because he's going to ground round. She's <laughs> <laughs> oh, only two. 60 pounds. <laughs> oh, and they served uh, popcorn yeah. in little baskets. I, I, that, as like, their uh, little appetizers. I think the modern <laughs> equivalent to that, and the company is actually headquartered here, is... Um, Golden Corral. Golden Corral. <laughs> and, when they, and when I saw those commercials for the, the chocolate fountains oh, and stuff like that, ah! all I can think of were how many, like, five-year-old, like, kids with snot filled hands have put their hands right inside that thing golden crown must be going out of business right now right 
COVID? I don't what know. The f- it's a buffet restaurant. Right, but it's a pretty big chain, so they might have had the money to be able to, I don't know. Well, they probably got, they're a big company, so they got some oh, PPP yeah, loans, most likely. Yes, you're right, you're right. They probably got lots of assistance. Um, totally, si- I'm so sorry, Auden. Uh, what are we drinking tonight? <laughs> oh, uh, Miller Lite. I am drinking a Guinness. National local beer. Extra stout. There you go. Because it's a cold, wintry night, it seems, apropos. With a wintry mix. Yes. Outside. So, Children's Day. Yes. <laughs> Kids fly for a penny. Families sat keeping their children near them, which is a little odd for 1989 because they were a little more cavalier about kids. Uh, being... Not in a plane. Oh, well, this is in the airport. Oh. The gate. Scan the gate in Denver, Colorado. Oh, She's okay. at the airport. Gotcha. Yep. Um, in all, there were 52 kids on the plane. Ooh, I don't like where this is going. Mm-hmm. Four did not have seats, being children that were so young that they were to sit on a family member's lap. That definitely doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, it, it can <laughs> if you're, I think it's two and under. Is it really? It's very, it's babies, basically. Mm-hmm. Baby, because they can't safely sit in a seat. Oh, okay. You know, like if you carry an infant, they can't support yeah. themselves. Not so. a good reason not to have children. There's so many good reasons not to have children. Anyway. They definitely outweigh the negatives. <laughs> or the negatives outweigh the positives. I yeah, think. there you go. Once the 296, wow, passengers boarded the DC-10, they sat down. The plane took off, bound to Chicago, Illinois. The passenger, oh, this is from Denver to Chicago. The passengers, oh, this is how you know it's pre-9-11, were served fried chicken and an apple. Okay. <laughs> And a horse racing documentary yeah, there was actually like on a, the television. Yeah, there was actually like real silverware back then, too. <laughs> I, I remember that from being little. Really? Yeah. I I flew when I was like four. <laughs> back then, we're talking 1989. Like, I'm a, like back then. Back in my... Well, that's 31, I 32 know, years I ago. I know. Don't Jesus. remind me. <laughs> I don't like that math. <laughs> when I, I flew when I was four, which would have been also in 89. I barely remember it. And then the next time I flew, I was 16. Um, and that was the summer before 9-11. Mm-hmm. And they were still serving um, sandwiches at that point, like on planes. Yeah, I, I came from For a, free, or included. I came from a wedding in San Diego literally like 10 days before 9-11. Mm-hmm. And I remember getting like a like a sandwich or something. Or yeah, like a, a pack, cold box lunch. Yeah, thing. something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. But I remember I did have, I think I did have actual silverware. I don't yeah. remember. Whatever. Something like that. Auden is like, oh my god, will you just Stop. read my fucking script already? Sorry, Auden. All right. Uh, and I don't know if you heard this, a horse racing documentary played mm-hmm. on the television. Then, over Cherokee, Iowa, the explosion occurred. Part two, explosion. Mechanics corner. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> in a DC-10, or in a, a DC-10 has three engines. One, three, okay. Yeah, one and two are on the wings, mm-hmm. three is in the tail. Oh, sure. Yeah, okay. There is the hydraulic line for a plane as well as a backup hydraulic line. Usually in a malfunction of the main line, the backup line would take over. That makes sense. Automatically. Yeah. Yeah. If they both somehow failed, there was no backup for that and no protocol. You see, the hydraulics controlled the brakes, mm. the ability to steer, the ability mm. to go up or down, basically the ability... To, to fly. fly. Yes. Thankfully, the plane can be moved up and down by moving parts of the wings, but that is much less controllable. And you're kind of just gliding at that point. Like a controlled... Uh, glide. Descent. Yeah. Or, um, yeah, like a controlled, uncontrolled descent. Yeah. yeah. As much as you can control an uncontrolled descent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is what you'd be doing, and no thanks. The explosion happened in the second engine. The fan blade ripped apart and whipped shrapnel all around, cutting wires, equipment, and most importantly, both hydraulic lines. Oh, Jesus. Now we are one engine and all hydraulics down in the middle of the sky above rural Iowa. Under this situation, the flight was doomed to crash into a quiet, peaceful cornfield. Part three, post-explosion. In the captain's chair was filled by experienced pilot captain Al Haynes. Next to him, an equally experienced first officer, William Records, and flight engineer Dudley Dvorak. I'm saying it the way, like, Antonin Dvorak's name is. It's D-V-O-R-A-K. Dvorak? 
Yeah. yeah. Um, There's a couple of NHL players that have had the last name Dvorak. Yeah, I feel like it's not entirely uncommon, but when I was in... Radic Dvorak. That was, <laughs> Radic that, that, was, Dvorak. that was a guy, that was an actual player. <laughs> Radical Radic. There's Radic. a Dvorak in the league right now, I think. I think yeah. he plays for Vancouver. It's Is it like a Czechoslovakian or something? I think it is a Czech name, mm. yeah. In, I don't know, in music history, they told us it was Antonin Dvorak. And Antonin is definitely just an overall Eastern Bloc name. It is. I mean, yeah. Many countries have that first name. Yeah. It's very popular. In the moments after the explosion, Al Haynes, the captain, instinctively thrust the power of the remaining engine of the airplane wing. This decision was not in the manual or in training. It came from Haynes' knowledge of planes. Because of this, the plane leveled. Mm. Mm -hmm. Here's why having an experienced pilot can pay right. off in more ways than one it's never gonna hurt right if there's like <laughs> there's no sop for this nope i'll just figure it out for myself because i know planes enough mm -hmm. you know like they when they landed on the hudson there's just like mm -hmm. this is really our only shot what a choice do we have we're just gonna go for it <laughs> yeah pretty soon the three pilots realized they had no hydraulics oh i mm. imagine like the sinking feeling of that dvorak I should probably just say Dvorak, right? Uh, connected with technical support in San Francisco. Uh, SAM, mm -hmm. I think is the... It, it, uh, she put SAM, which I think is like the call letters for the, sure. the airport. Okay. After... It's not call letters. <laughs> it's an abbreviation. Well, That's it's it. almost the same thing. After explaining the situation, Sam replied that they did not believe that there was no hydraulics. They could not figure out a way the plane was in the air. So they're basically like, no, 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 no. You got them in there that somewhere. That didn't happen because you're still, can you imagine no. being like the pilot? Like, like, are um, you kidding? I know what's going on in my own plane. Who's the one flying the plane? <laughs> okay, so here's where <laughs> I'd like you? to interject. Here's where I'd like to interject. I put a thing on the slightly bent here on the discussion group. So a thing about being... A specialist or an expert in a field is that there are always people who are complete lay people who are not educated in a field that think that they know better than you. <laughs> and as a tax preparer who has I didn't see worked where this, in this for four years. I didn't see where this rant was going at all. I don't think anybody else did either. <laughs> and has dedicated my career to tax preparation when a client is like, oh, well, I was told blah, blah, blah. Yeah, My immediate... Like, like, yeah, I bet you were. Yeah, I'm sure you were. <laughs> this week, it was a client telling me that their real estate agent told them there would be tax breaks to buying their house. I'm like, so you're... you're real you're estate thinking agent. That the person who, whose job it is to sell you a home yeah. knows more than I do. The perfect comeback for that would be like, well, I don't think you bought the right house. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> like I, uh, like, I, mean, I too, am also, I'm, yeah, as a side hustle, I, I do right. more, I uh, sell people houses. Mm -hmm. I don't, but. But clearly I know better I than the real estate. But yeah, I didn't, I don't think you got the right house for yourself. <laughs> it was, it was very frustrating, but so imagine. People are saying. People are saying. That the real estate lady breaks. said. There's that, tax that I break. get a tax I just break. get one. People are oh, saying. Oh, did the, did the real estate. Lady not explain the SALT limitation, the massive hike to the standard deduction in the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, because she was clearly read through the whole TCJA legislation. Oh, no, I'm sorry. That was me <laughs> that read through that bilge in its entirety, not your real estate agent. I read a paragraph and I wanted to end my life. I read the whole fucking thing. <laughs> I mean, it was just I, I read the whole it's just thing. all fucking jargon. It's legislation. Like it, yeah. That's what it is. This is uh, law. It's this is like, legal yeah. ease. Yes. Which is why you don't you you can expect your tax preparer to read through it, but your real estate agent isn't going yeah. to. Jesus Christ. So imagine this pilot is like, hey, our hydraulics are gone. And Mr. I know everything on the ground is like, <laughs> like no, that's it's not, not possible. I'm like, excuse me. I'm sorry, who's up here in the plane with no fucking hydraulics? Is it you? Would you like to land this plane? Oh, God, we've made it like three episodes into tax season, and I'm already losing my fucking mind. It's already going away. Oh, jeez. 
This does not bode well for April. Well, the fun thing for the audience is they'll be able to hear it throughout. <laughs> <laughs> Just like last tax yes, season. and, the and next season. tax yeah. season and everything else. Yeah, if you want to have a fun exercise, listen to episodes only from January <laughs> to May. And you will literally hear a transformation into darkness. <laughs> Legit, do you feel that way in real life? Do you see me not, deteriorate I, I'm being, over time? I'm being a little bit of a comic tinge to it. But, okay. But... There, no, I'm asking seriously. No, Do you and see? I'm telling you, there, there is a change. <laughs> what about in regular life? Yeah, there's a change. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not, it's, 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 it's a natural normal. consequence. Yes. It's a natural consequence. If I had to work every day for four months straight, I'd probably feel the same way. <laughs> I mean, I, w- I know I yeah. would. <sighs> All right. Auden, I'm so sorry. <laughs> and everyone else whose script I'm going to read, because you know this is what's going to happen to your script. I'm so sorry. All right, they did not believe there was no hydraulics. They could not figure out a way that plane was in the air. With no help from Sam, San Francisco, San Francisco Airport, they phoned air traffic control in Minneapolis. So can you imagine being like, okay, you're not you're not you're just use. not working out. Like it's not it's not me, it's you. Let me <laughs> let me find somebody else. Maybe Minneapolis. Minnesotans are nice. Maybe, maybe. they'll maybe they'll believe that both of my hydro- <laughs> hydraulics are gone. Right? Maybe they won't question the person in charge of be, the plane. Being like like imagine distress. calling nine one one, being like, "There's somebody in my home." Like, no, there isn't. No, there's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's not happening. Seriously. <laughs> uh, you would hang up naturally and call back, hoping right? to get somebody else. <laughs> oh. So they contact ATC, uh, air traffic control in Minneapolis. They were instructed to land at the nearest airport, the one in Sioux City. A small airport in no way meant for a DC-10, Sioux City, uh, Iowa. Sure. They figured, so they've just got to fucking clear every runway. You just got to, you got to And I'm sure they land. have protocol for that. Probably, I would hope so. Or, they, or they'd have to land on the interstate. There's protocol for that. That's We've right. We've seen yeah. that happen mm-hmm. a couple of times. Mm-hmm. They figured out the only way to steer was to thrust the remaining engine. They could only turn right. Oh, oh God. Dennis Jesus. Fitch, a United pilot talk flying... About, talk about on your approach... There's only one way you can do it. You can only go right. I oh mean, my god! Like, imagine not having all of your options when you're trying to fucking land a plane. Oh jeez! You literally have one option. Oh, uh, that was in like a Christopher Guest movie, I think. Eugene Levy's character could only make left turns, couldn't turn right, or vice versa. <laughs> sounds sounds like anyway. it would be. No, no, it's Zoolander, isn't it? I don't remember that. Oh my god, somebody remind me what movie it is where a character can't turn in one direction. I don't remember. Anyway, uh, so Dennis Fitch, a United pilot flying first class, came to the cockpit to assist. The four of them prepared for landing and probably death. Yeah, I mean, you're at this point, it's just like, how can we mitigate can they, this? And was it already in there and I might have uh-huh. missed it, but can they... Can they slow down the plane even? Well, so they only have one engine. Right. But oh, I'm, the but, hydraulics but I'm saying, control the brakes. Remember, right. Auden said the hydraulics control the brakes. Right, but you have just that one engine left, so you've got to kind of meter that out as well. Like, how much do I need just to make it to the ground? And is that going to well, be... Well, that's, why, that that's be, why they went full throttle, was okay. to just keep it... Like, just not keep from... It not from diving. Right. Yeah, exactly. But they need be, to keep their forward momentum. fucking tough... You're landing at full throttle with one engine and you can only turn right. <laughs> oh, oh, I don't know where this is going. I hope, I hope it's going I hope to it's a good place. I hope it's not a total place. tragedy. I, I hope it's going to be good. Oh. I, please. Oh. <laughs> See, guys, we don't know. No, we don't <laughs> we're, know. We're, uh, okay, imagine for a second you were riding in this plane. Suddenly no. an explosion That's rocks. all I'm a fucking imagining. I know, I, I right? want it to stop. <laughs> Suddenly, an explosion rocks through the entirety, and the plane begins to rock and dip, only to stabilize a second later. Imagine the panic as you wait, unsure of what was happening. Well, at least you're stabilized, so that's a... Like, I guess you can figure... Maybe it was so turbulence? You're, right? Just a You're not quite freaking spot. out as much as you would be if Maybe. you were, like, I don't know, but in a dive? But an explosion is a different thing. It is. Oh. Yeah. Jerry Schemmel, a businessman... <sighs> Sat as the explosion rocked the plane, it dipped and jolted sideways for Mm-mm. a second. It leveled out seconds later. Mm. The flight attendant near him, Jan Brown, stabilized herself on a seat and flashed a weak smile to the passengers. Across from Schemmel, a woman and a young kid 
quote, no more than 10, end quote, looked at each other. Mom, are we going to die? Oh, the Jesus. kid asked. The mom looked away, tears falling up, up in her eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what do you do? You know what you do? You, you lie. If, exactly. You just say, no, no, no we're fine. We'll be fine. We're fine. If inevitable death is coming with a child near you, you help that child believe that nothing bad is happening. Mm-hmm. Because they deserve... Oh, God, I'm getting... Uh, yeah. Never mind. I'm not going to finish that thought. Just, just anyway, move on. Shemmel unbuckled his seatbelt and walked over to the pair. I'm a pilot, he lied to the child. Nice. Good job, Shemmel. This type of thing happens all the time. We'll get down safely. Nice. Class move. Good job. To a degree, he's kind of right. Because this is 1989, when in the 70s and 80s, you had fucking terrorist bombings and and, uh, hijackings all over the fucking Mm -hmm. place. So he's not totally lying. Well, because that's what yeah, everybody probably yeah. thinks has just happened. A bomb has gone off. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, uh-huh. and but it's like, we got this. But that's that's a class move of him to be to be like, oh, kid, I'm a, I'm yeah, a pilot. No big deal. We're, we're fine. This is normal. Oh, the kid. I hope they're all OK. The kid smiled at him contentedly. When he looked away, the mother looked at Jerry. They both knew he was lying. They both knew they would not be OK. To this day, Shummel wonders about the mother and oh, son. No. Their seats were never ticketed, and they are completely unaccounted for to this day. They remain anonymous ghosts. Are you serious? Oh, my God. That's not how I was hoping that would end. <laughs> Such a fucking bummer. Aw, at least when I know it's coming, I know what to expect. I didn't know that was coming. That's so disappointing. <laughs> I'm acting like I'm disappointed in Auden for Yeah, we're disappointed in you for sending us Auden, this. Auden, I'm just so disappointed in the reality that you've conveyed here. Jeez. Oh, that's awful. Aw. Well, hopefully for that <sighs> kid's sake, you know, they he thought that fucking... everything was going to be okay. Back a little bit in the plane, a crisis was brewing. Pete Wernick sat with his son and wife as the person in front of him lay dying. Oh, my God. An old woman was having a heart attack. I bet. Yeah. Jeez. The flight attendants and the lady's husband struggled to revive her. A metal oxygen tank was used in this process. The tank would be stored in the overhead compartment. Remember this. Mm Mm-hmm. She became the first, oh, the first victim of the flight. Her husband would also later perish in his seat of smoke inhalation. This is not going to be a good story. This is a bad story. This is not good. Oh, it started off so promising because they got control. Like, Captain is doing such a good job. Not that he can control what's happening, but, you know, he's trying. What a fucking bummer. Why do you people listen to this show? (laughs) (laughs) Part four, The Crash. I kind of don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> uh, Captain. And, and that is the last script we will be receiving. From. <laughs> Everyone's like, okay, this is a real bummer. You keep inter- <laughs> yeah. interrupting our words and finding it depressing. Okay. Captain Haynes communicated with Kevin Bachman of air traffic control. At one point, Bachman mentioned the runway available, to which Haynes replied, chuckling, quote, you want to be particular and make it a runway, huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> this other guy is just like, we need whatever. And he's like, we don't, like, we don't oh, really have a choice. Oh, so you're getting picky now. You yeah. want it to be a runway. Well, you know, we're the ones up here, and we're just letting yeah. you know we're going to come down wherever we're going to come down. <laughs> it's like it's like a vegan being offended. They're offered salad. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. <laughs> The plane neared the airport after three circles around. I imagine they were clockwise circles. Yes. Due to the fact that mm-hmm. he turned right. Mm-hmm. They were cleared for landing. The particular runway was cracked, old, and unused. <laughs> what could go wrong? A mass of firefighters and paramedics stood near mm-hmm. the runway. The world held its breath. Inside the plane, the passengers were instructed to brace. Two men smiled and gave each other thumbs up. A 14-year-old boy decided he would try and follow the two out of the plane. Probably like, okay, these guys have some confidence. Sure. Let's, uh, yeah, that's I'll that's go smart. with these guys. That's smart. Yeah. 
Joseph Trombello got one peek out of the plane before it hit the ground. We're going really fast, he thought. Because, yes, you're absolutely right. Full throttle. Just to keep no the plane, way to break. Just uh-huh. to keep the plane in the sky. Yep. That's the... From not just nosediving. That's the damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yes. And, yep. Ugh. From air traffic control, Mark Zelenzinski. Thank you very much, Auden, for the... I got a little pronunciation guide. Love a pronunciation guide. Watched the plane descend. Matt Rostermunt directed the remaining planes in the airspace. Oh, God, that's true. Like, you've got other planes to deal with. Like, stay out of... Hey, stay out of the way of the plane that can only turn right, okay? Just stay out. It's like on a a punt, you know, when it's... The ball is just in the air in a strange way, and you're the punt returner, and you're just... Everybody, away. away. Get away from me. I don't know where this thing's going down. Mm -hmm. Except people could die. Yes. (laughs) There's that. I just like the punt returner <laughs> scenario cute. better. It's, cute. it's more fun. It's cute. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't really vibe with our <laughs> podcast all that well, but it's just better than better this. Outcome than yeah. whatever's yeah. about to happen. Kevin Bachman in his 20s sat pale as he directed in the flight. Dale Mylenic directed the first responders. Responders. <laughs> responders. Uh, Zelenzinski thought the plane was going a bit fast, but it would end up running off the runway and into a cornfield. He thought maybe, just maybe, everything would be okay. So here's a transcript of the landing from inside the cockpit. Okay. And apparently a recording, so like the, the automatic system telling the pilots to pull up can be heard throughout the whole thing, which they're like, yeah, if we could we, we would. would otherwise shut up thank you otherwise can somebody disengage that fucking thing seriously all right haynes left now left throttle left 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 well if we could turn left i guess we would right unknown muffled it's not working haynes at the same time as the sound of impact God. Mm. Uh, air traffic control. This is their transmission. Uh, Bachman. Flight uh, 19. They're coming down real fast down the south end. Mylenic. Okay, all right. Is He's coming by here. Ready? Rostermunt. He's on fire. Jesus. Mylenic. Gah! Rostermunt. He's down. Mm-hmm. Fire, Jesus! Yeah, Th- that's me. That's not anybody else. <laughs> we're we're done with that. But yeah, that's part. yeah. They're uh, they're crash landing. That's, yeah, that's what he's doing mm-hmm. essentially. The plane dipped its wing and hit the or the plane's dipped wing hit the runway. Mm. It flew up and landed on its nose. Mm. The cockpit and all the pilots were ripped from the plane and crushed into a ball of debris within a volume of 15 feet. Aww. Jesus Christ. I was hoping for a much better outcome. Especially that pilot tried really damn hard. The whole crew. In first class, Michael Kilbasa, delightful sausage, watched the man in the seat next to him, Brad Evans, as his seatbelt was ripped loose. Quote, that's not supposed to happen, end quote, Evans said before he was ejected 250 feet into the air. Jesus Christ. Kilbasa himself was freed from his harness and was sucked under the plane. Oh, God. Then the remaining parts of first class were vaporized as the plane landed again on its nose, killing nearly all of the first class passengers immediately. This was just... This started out so fun. Remember, like, ten minutes ago when this was fun? No, I, no, I don't. Yeah, same. Now I'm, like, traumatized I by know. This. I don't even remember what I was doing yesterday. <laughs> well, you were watching The Coop. Oh, that's it? right. Yeah. That's what it was. Uh, a fireball shot through the plane. Jesus I hate, Christ. fucking hate fireballs. Those things scare the shit out of me in any context. I kind of already know what's coming because... I've seen this on the the second episode of Band of Brothers where they're uh, airdropping everybody in for D-Day. Okay. There's fireballs involved? This happens, yeah. Fireball uh, goes uh, right through the plane. Oh, well, it says melting clothes onto people's bodies. Yeah. 
Susan White, who is the flight attendant seated... Don't watch that episode of... If this is bothering you, don't watch that, yeah. Probably don't watch that series if this is bothering you. You're probably not listening to this if this is bothering you. True. So if you really want to be bothered, watch that scene. I guess. Uh, Susan White, who was the flight attendant seated at the back of the plane, heard a gush of wind and watched as pieces of metal, carry-on bags, body parts, and everything not strapped down come flying to the back of the plane. The oxygen tank from before Mm -hmm. striking a young man in the face and decapitating him. Oh, my God. She put her feet up and guarded herself as she and the people around her were assaulted by flying objects. Can you imagine landing and then having to protect yourself from From shit coming at you? From like a leg coming at you? Oh, God. The plane broke in half and landed upside down partly in the cornfield. It was silent for a moment. Then the screams. Fire, someone yelled. There was moaning and screaming. Three survivors found a nun who had boarded the plane in a wheelchair nearly fully covered in debris. Oh, my God. Rod Vetter, who had a broken neck from the crash, dug her out, and the survivors carried her to safety. Oh, my God. Someone with a broken neck helped dig her out. Jesus Christ. Rod Vetter? You're like Man of Steel. Right. Yisroel Brownstein, at only nine years old, lay in the wreckage. He had been flying alone, oh, an unaccompanied minor. A young businessman from Altoona, Georgia, had thrown himself over Israel at the time of the crash to protect him. Mm. Oh. That man, Richard Howard Sudlow, lay on top of him now, taking his last breath. Mm. Oh. Oh. Hearing about especially good people dying is the worst. Mm-hmm. Ugh. A salesman and two exchange students climbed their way to the top of the plane. People were screaming to be lifted up. The fire was getting closer. So first sure. of all, there's the crash. Some people lived, some people didn't. And you're, and then, up, you're now fucking there's a upside fire. down. Yes, and now there's a fucking fire on top of it that you have to escape. God. The salesman began to lift people out of the wreckage. He turned to one of the teenagers, the student from Norway, Honey, he said in an accident, go get yourself medical attention. Hmm. Martha Conan unbuckled her seatbelt and felt the grass underneath her. She was one of the few who made it out of the crash completely uninjured. Wow. Jesus. Somewhere in the... That can happen. It can? Sure. It's bizarre. Somewhere in the confusion, someone had handed her a small child. She would run into that child's mother who was overjoyed to find him. I'm just waiting for the shoe to drop, so that's why I'm not being too happy right now. She would run into controller Mark Zielizinski, who had thought up until that point there had been no survivors. No joke. If you saw that happen, I'm sure you would think. There's no No, way anybody survived that. Everybody's gone. Oh, my God. Part five, the response. Charles Martz escaped the plane by jumping through a wall of smoke and fire. He was so completely untouched with his suit and pens in his pocket that a first responder thought he was a ambulance chaser and yelled sure. at him to yeah. leave the premises. Like, like hey, you. fuck off. Like, yeah. you're clearly fine. Wait till they're in the hospital, asshole. <laughs> and he's like, no, I was on the plane yeah. and I jumped through a wall of flames and I look perfect right now. Like, I woke up like this. <laughs> wow. That would be the most on-the-spot ambulance chaser of all time, though. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> there was a lawyer at the site of a right? plane crash. Okay, now, at this point, Auden is putting in a tr- massive trigger warning. So that should indicate that shit's about to get really bad, okay? So, massive yeah, trigger if warning. Yeah, if you're putting it in now. Yeah. After everything we've already heard. Yep. Ugh. So this is that man, the man with the untouched suit, his, his account. Quote, the whole area was scattered with bodies. A girl lay with broken feet off, staring at me with vacant eyes another one a pilot i think it could not have been one of the flying pilots with a big hole in his head he sat up it was just like a battlefield end quote the scene was like a war zone firefighters crisscrossed through the field hearing screams and moans trying to put out fires they went full speed through the debris one firefighter ed lodgman 
talked about how they could not risk stopping. They had to run over whatever was in their path. It was later he realized he may have hit gravely injured bodies. Mm. Mm. Gregory Clapper was a chaplain who was just, on the just, scene. Just had to put that cherry on top. <laughs> Like, some people may have survived, but they got run over by the fire truck. Because the fire truck had no other choice. Yeah, this this sucks. This is a horrible <laughs> story. It really sucks. It does. You know what, I will say thank you, Auden, for doing the research, because that means I didn't have to right? read through all this. Oh my god. Yeah, think of what, it, think, think of what was left out. Right, think of what she, she, did, she left out, exactly. Uh, Gregory Clapper was a chaplain who was on the scene. After the plane settled, he found a man on the runway. He had lost his arms and legs. Jesus. Am I gonna make it? He asked. You'll make it, Clapper replied, staying with him until he died. Mm. Well, you know what? He was doing exactly what what he should have, which is a chaplain is meant to to bring comfort. Mm -hmm. And that's what he did. Clapper then found Brad Evans, the one ejected from the plane. He was very much alive, but fading in and out of consciousness. Stay with me. And then uh, he, he identified himself, Brad. Stay with me, Brad. The Lord's got you. Brad would survive. Nice. Fine. At this point, yes. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Anybody, please. Tim Norton, not to be confused with Tim Horton. <laughs> that, that was my... That Auden did not put that in there. <laughs> Clearly, Auden's much more respectful and less ridiculous than i am so clearly (laughs) tim norton was an faa technician turned first responder that day he along with his pocket knife and a sharpie went into the burning wreckage i wonder what sharpie was for he was not to identify people probably oh there we go he was not trained although he wanted to help however he could he filled his arms with the names of the dying Mm -hmm. and phone numbers of their loved ones oh my god he flagged down help and stayed with the victims until an outcome came upon them he arrived at an elderly man badly burnt still in his seat he wrote the name and phone number of his daughter on his right leg get me out of my seat please the man pleaded I can't do that, sir, Norton replied. We have to wait for help to arrive. I'm not going to live that long, the man replied. Just please, it's so uncomfortable. Norton cut him from his seat. Norton's voice would waver as he recounted what happened next. His whole body just fell apart. Jesus. Uh, Records, Dvorak, Haynes, and Finch, although trapped in the crushed cockpit, were very much alive. Oh Oh my god. Haynes had been shrieking. His head was stuck in the controls. Oh, God. He suddenly went silent. I think we lost Al, Records said grimly, his pelvis crushed in his seat. They stayed there for several hours as first responders did not think the hunk of metal could possibly have a singular alive person in it, let alone four. Jesus. Dave Kaplan, who had flown over in a Cessna and landed to help in the rescue, was walking past the cockpit when he asked himself aloud, What is this? It's the cockpit! A voice came out, startling him. Four of us are in here. I love that. That's, (laughs) like, fan-fucking-tastic. They would all survive. Oh, thank God. You're kidding me. On the bumpy ride to the hospital, Haynes, who had regained consciousness, would turn to to Dvorak, who was being moved in the same ambulance. Quote, tell the truck driver to, or tell the driver to go back. I think he missed a pothole. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. You gotta keep your wits about you any way you can, I guess. Legit. So... Ellen Ayers was a nurse at the hospital at the time of the crash. It was a shift change and she was about to go home. Huh. Then the victims came in. She had no idea there had been an accident of that magnitude. The first ones came in, some already dead, some dying with a whole ton of different injuries. Whispers of a plane crash began circulating through the hospital. She, along with many others, chose to stay and continue working. The injuries were grievous, and she would work all night. God. I could write nine more pages here. Everything is so astonishing. There's a 17-year-old lifeguard who somehow got recruited to work at the morgue. He followed the body of a girl who, quote, looked like an angel, end quote. He said, she lay there peacefully, completely naked, and without injury. He wondered what she had thought in her final moments, if she was scared. He wondered who would miss her, who would grieve for her. 
There's Jerry Schemmel, who went back into the plane, back in the smoke-filled cabin, to try and find a woman's baby who was still there. Instead, he found a different baby, saving her life. Wow. The original woman's baby had perished in the crash. Mm. There's the dentists, who identified bodies by teeth. Sure. There's the mayor who drove his pickup truck as an ambulance. There's the millions of dollars that inexplicably floated around the crash scene like ghosts. Oh, my God. Wow. There's Kevin Bachman, the air traffic controller, who broke down sobbing in the fetal position after the crash. And Zelenzinski, who is there to comfort him. There's the security guards who kept out the rubberneckers. There's the flight attendants meeting near an airplane hangar, realizing two were missing. There's the newspaper reporters who jumped the fence, taking pictures and documenting the crash. There is pain and suffering, tears of joy as families reconnected in that Iowa cornfield. Life ended and life for some began again. Life is short and there's a story for each piece of wiring still on the ground at that airport. Every reunion the survivors have where Pete Wernick plays the banjo and everyone laughs and cries and hugs because although life is short, life is beautiful and that is lovely. Yeah. In memory of Captain Al Haynes, who has recently passed on, as well as all the people killed indirectly or directly by this crash. Hmm. I am going to really quick. We didn't get a death toll, and I'm sorry that I'm going to do this, but I'm going to look this up for us. No, that's uh, fine. It's uh, wow. This it's was... when you type in United FL, it comes up as the first thing in Wikipedia. Uh, 296 passengers, 112 died during the accident, while 184 survived. So 112 people died. Damn. But 184 that's survived. One of our, that's one of our biggest air disasters, too. No, this is it. Oh, right okay. Here. Oh, okay. It doesn't um, on it, so. <clears throat> that's a lot of fucking people on one flight. It's 100. That's a lot. Of, it was a, a very populated mm-hmm. plane, yes. Well, it was a DC-10. Those mm-hmm. are big planes. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Oh, we have pictures. <laughs> I'm not sure I want to see them, though. I think that's all of the clothing uh, yeah. items of the dead. Yeah. Oh, here's an injury legend. Like, yeah. who was hurt, who mm-hmm. died. It looks like the middle of... Oh, the front? In and front, the, and the, the kind of behind the wings mm-hmm. was the worst of it. Um, here is, I'm sorry, Auden, if you uh, gave, like, explanations of this. I'm imagining this was uh, the press the conference. It's probably yeah. the CEO of United, I would guess. Ooh, here's some of the scene. Oof. Yeah. It's plain guts, basically. Yep. Ooh, and this is the runway. Just torn up. Oof. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, just skim quickly through those. Put those down. Yeah, that uh, that was not a fun episode at all. It turned into total bummer. It did. On how dare you do research on a sad thing yeah. for a podcast about disasters? How dare you? Yeah. I mean, I mean that really got out of hand. <laughs> Very quickly. Remember how how happy and cutesy we were at the beginning? Yeah. No. I wish no. we could go back to that, but there's no going back. <laughs> At least not right now. No, here, here's what we do next. Here, watch. This is what we do. <laughs> we have another beer. Next, Guinness. I guess here. I'll, yeah, I'll finish mine before I can <laughs> pop another one, but yeah, I will be doing that. Oof. So something interesting. Um, I've been reading this book called Deep Survival, uh, Who Lives, Who Dies, and Why? by Lawrence Gonzalez and it was like a book I think it was written in 03 or something like that mm-hmm. um, I got a disaster idea from it because he touches on a bunch of disasters right because it's about people who survive disasters mm-hmm. and I just saw like on his on the little blurb bio on the back mm-hmm. of the book it said that he wrote a book called Flight 232 Oh, I'm guessing it's that's this that's probably this one <laughs> Yeah, so that would be really interesting to read. But he's, uh, it's a very interesting book. I will be mentioning it again because, like I said, I got at least one disaster uh, story idea um, from it. He even mentions Tammy Oldham Ashcraft, who's oh, wow. our new friend. Yes. Yes. Oh, my God. I haven't 
quite gotten the courage up to like contact her, but she's followed us on Instagram and joined the Facebook discussion group. So we kind of know a very cool person. I it's, mean, you are all very cool people, but well, especially she's been in our podcast. Because the topics we have at hand where there's generally lots of mass casualties. Mm-hmm. So whenever we're doing a story on people, generally it doesn't turn out well. Right. So it's the first time we've done a story on somebody who survived who is literally like still around like on Instagram like oh hey yeah, we'll follow you I'm guys. Tammy yeah like oh my god anyway um I have many questions <laughs> so many questions yeah. um but also not super keen to be like hey Tammy tell us about the yeah. worst time of your life yeah. <laughs> you know um you know that time when you were out at sea for 40 days and, and lost your, your fiance mind? died can you talk about it <laughs> Yeah. Like, not going to no. do that. Not going to do we'll that. We'll let her bring it up. If she wants if to. If she wants to. Yeah. If she wants to lurk, she is more than welcome to lurk. She has earned the right to lurk. Yes. But um, he talks about survival and kind of like the circumstances that have to go a certain way in order for survival to be possible in the first place, right? Mm-hmm. And then sort of like this idea of a survivor mentality. Sure. And a big part of it is accepting reality and adapting. To me, I think the biggest part of it is just simply human beings just, and well, pretty much all animals do, now that I think about it. Just the will to survive can overcome a lot of things. It, it can it can overcome a dude with a broken neck. Oh, I've got to get this person out of this pile. Yes, it can. But it's interesting because Lawrence Gonzalez has a... Anyway, I'm not even... I haven't finished the book. I should, really shouldn't comment hugely about it but now it makes me very interested to read his flight 232 book um what i am going to do is i when i was uh, i I can i can say for sure i'm never going to read that book (laughs) because i I don't want to know anymore well so the the thing about this book that struck me especially is like we were talking about this and being all chitty i was certainly being giggly and chitty chatty at the beginning of this because i thought maybe this was a miracle so (laughs) Which it was uh, kind of setting up that way a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Which good job on you mm-hmm. did a good job on this, but um, it remind it reminded me of you know there are people who say uh, they don't like our podcast because they feel it's disrespectful for there to be any levity at all. And one of the first things that Lawrence Gonzalez talks about in this book, Deep Survival, is coping mm-hmm. with humor. Sure. He's like, it's actually kind of a very important thing. And here's the thing. We couldn't talk about this shit without... Without levity. And we are... And (laughs) you guys know this. We are in no way making fun of the people. The poor victims of this. We make fun of the circumstances quite a bit. Or or go off on little rants about side things. Because sometimes the circumstances themselves are so crazy. Like, you couldn't... It could only happen right, in reality. You can't make it up, right? Yeah. Um, and, and for people who think we're being disrespectful, no, you know what we're doing? We're engaging in self-preservation, which is when you hear about something horrible, your brain needs to balance it out. Sure. And that's what we're doing. This is a survivable mechanism. And Lawrence Gonzalez talks about... I think I've said his name like six times. Sorry. Um, this guy talks about... Uh, how firefighters are known for doing this. And who do you think that made me think of? Firefighters with a sick sense of humor. Who do you think that we know that fits into that? Well, James. My buddy James is a firefighter. Yeah, but who in our pod? Oh, pod Lee, fam. of course. Lee, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, I texted... <laughs> no I, offense, Lee. The, the first person I do think of as a firefighter is one of my best friends. Well, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> but no, I, I messaged... Who, who, is co- who has co-hosted episode? He has, us. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. The MGM Grand Fire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I messaged Lee and I was like, so I'm reading this book and it's reminding me so much of you. Uh, I was I was like, are you would you be interested in reading it? Because I'm happy to pass it along because, you know, I'm a bibliophile. I like yes. collecting books. And I was thinking about it and I'm like, I didn't know there was a term for that. Yeah. <laughs> bibliophile. Like what a better thing to do or what better thing to do with my books, once I'm done with them, is pass them along to someone else who might like to read it. That's the next thing that QAnon people are going to go after. <laughs> Bibliophiles. Because they know that... Why are you reading because, books? Because they know that the people won't that follow that dumb shit won't take the time to look up what a bibliophile right? is. They'll just think it's a... It's oh, a person it's who reads. Somebody who masturbates in books. 
<laughs> We've got to get rid of them. <laughs> Donald Trump will lead the way. The guy that used to hang out with a pedophile is going to rid the world of pedophiles. Jesus. And yes, that is their belief. I'm not joking about that. Yeah. So, Auden, that so, was yes. really well done. Yep. Thank you so much. Thank you very much that for was... the last script we will ever receive from, <laughs> from Auden. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, that was really we well are, written. Uh, we are currently planning on moving so we can hush. change our address hush, so, hush. so that you cannot find us. Don't say that, ki- Auden. I am you did a great job. You did. And, and the... It, you're, you're a great writer. Yes. I really liked your writing. Well... She had us thinking in the beginning that this was going to be like <laughs> yeah. a. I, that's kind of where my mind was she's going. Like, I'm that, oh, get this you is mother, yeah. you motherfuckers. Oh, it's not a bomb. So then everything everything's okay, right? <laughs> Pretty. Like I feel like um, what is the actor's name? Not Michael Clark Duncan, the other guy that kind of looks like him. He was in Pulp Fiction. He was the, the oh, black oh, mob boss. Oh. Ving Rhames. Ving Rhames. Oh, okay. It reminds me of him, like I, after that scene in Pulp Fiction where he gets. I was thinking Delroy Delroy Lindo. Is that yeah? His he's name? in a lot. Yes, he's in a lot of movies too. Mm-hmm. But not that. Movie. No, but I I only saw Pulp Fiction once. I didn't love it. One of the greatest movies ever. Anyway, right? so anybody who has also seen it and loves it like I do will remember the famous line from Ving Rhames' character after he gets raped in the dungeon. Ooh. Uh, when Bruce Willis's character asks him how he if he's okay, and mm-hmm. he says. No, I'm pretty fucking far from okay. Hmm. That's kind of how I feel about this episode. <laughs> no, I'm really not okay. God, do we need another miracle set I think already? we do already. Tammy, I help mean, us. I mean, we've gone through a coup. We've got, <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Ah! <laughs> but 2021 is going to be our year, right? Uh, oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, everything is awful. <laughs> Not, not off to a good start, to say the least. Oh, uh, but guys, we're still doing it. We nope, are we're still hanging in there. here. And still we, here. We always will. Well, I'm not going to say always. True. I don't know if we're going to be doing this when we're like 80. No, we might. You never know. Who Maybe knows? we'll be famous by then. Who knows? The world's longest running podcast that no <laughs> yes. one wanted to last Weekly this podcast, long. yes. It's going to happen for somebody someday. It might as well be us. Like, we could be in the Guinness, I, Guinness Book of World no, Records. No, Joe fucking Rogan's going to be a trillion years old because Probably. of his uh, venison hunting or whatever and and outlive us all and his mushroom tea or whatever the fuck. He does have a better diet than I have. Well, that's a low bar, but yes. It is. It's a pretty low bar to clear. <laughs> I love you, but, <laughs> but it is. <laughs> so that was United Airlines Flight 232. Thank you so much, Submitted Auden. Submitted by Auden. Well well done, well written. Yes. Thank you for sparing us having to deal with that topic any longer than just reading the script. Yes. And that was another episode of All Bad Things. I'm David. I'm Rachel. We'll see you next week.